Players are recorded live in-game. Audio quality may vary. The following episode contains adult themes and simulated role-play violence. Listener discretion is advised. Sonic Realms. Drager exits Highway 101 to enter San Francisco. The off-ramp rises up, then curves to the side as it begins to dip back down, offering a fantastic sunset view of the city to Hez and Jet. They are exhausted, returning from a 10-hour trip to Bakersfield where they buried Kurt under the hot sun. They still haven't had time to properly rest and recover from their deadly encounter at the chop shop. Jet lightly runs her hands over the bandages on her arm. You guys... I think once we're healed up, I'm gonna get in touch with the gang and let them know how the job went. I'll let you guys know before I do it. All right. You'll, you'll let us know before you do it. You won't just rush into it without one of your team members there. That's right. I'll let you know first, I promise. Yeah, thanks for that this time. I look out the window, unable to make eye contact with either of them. They ride silently to Jet's bridge. Drager pulls over to the curb, parking in a no-stopping zone. You know, I was hurt pretty bad, and I've been thinking about it. It might be good to keep a more serious medkit around. You keep it on my bridge, but, uh, but I was thinking I might go grab one today. That is a very good idea, Jitangeline. I would like to put some new yen towards that as well. Well, the full cost is 1500 so whatever you want to do. I think 500 is fair. Perhaps it would be best to keep it in Drager's vehicle. Probably a good idea. As I open the car door, I look back. Have a good night, you guys. Get some rest. You too. Let us know when you're better, and we can wrap this ugly thing up. Will do. Please, both of you, don't do anything without contacting the others this time. It's fair lesson. We all got calm links. Be well, Jitangeline. I breathe in the air. Home. I head under my bridge and immediately collapse and fall asleep. Drager pulls into the Bernal Heights parking lot, then parks near Hez's bike. I open the door to leave the vehicle, but I place my hand on Draeger's shoulder first. I'm so very sorry, Draeger. He was a friend to all of us, but to you most. I know it will be very difficult without him in that room with you. If you need anything, let me know, even if it's just conversation. Mm. I'm only a calm link away. Thanks. Thanks, Hez. You know, I've, uh, I've seen people come and go. I'm no stranger to this, but I just gotta focus on getting revenge and um, making sure that the people who did this get theirs all the way up the line, no matter what. He's in the ground now. He's not with us anymore. He's got his peace, but that couldn't have happened without your help, so thank you too. You, uh, you take it easy, okay? 
Hit me up when you're better, and uh, we'll keep working on this thing until it's over. Alright. Just remember, revenge may not be your best motivation here. We all chose to engage them. Maybe learning from it is better. Yeah. Well, you deal with your things your way. Now deal with things mine. It makes me feel better. Hmm. At least in the short term. So, when it comes to that vengeance piece, uh, hey, maybe I won't call on both of you for those bits. Maybe that'll be a solo thing for me. I don't know. But when it comes to it, it'll come to it. It doesn't have to be now, but it's gonna be eventual, if you know what I mean. Traeger, at least, at least reach out to us if you're going to do something like that. <laughs> all right, all right, fine. I'll at least tell you what I'm doing. I may, I may not want you to come with me, but you'll know what the hell it is I'm up to. All right, is that a deal? Yes, yes, for now. All right, go. Go, go get some sleep. I'll see you soon. All right, Trader. Take care of yourself. You too, Hez. Everyone decides to lay low for two weeks to recuperate from their wounds. Hez tends to her family and continues to search for legitimate employment, enduring rejection after rejection. The extra time at home allows her to mend the rift that had been growing between herself and Luskinyan. On the other side of town, Draeger mostly sleeps and becomes more familiar with his local area and apartment building. It's a bad neighborhood with its fair share of scum, but it's also home to good, honest people and families who have fallen through the cracks, chewed up and discarded by unfeeling corporate overlords once their usefulness had expired. When he feels well enough, he spends his time in the parking lot cleaning his car and repairing the motorcycle on loan from the Silver Pistons. He hasn't worked on vehicles since his accident decades ago. Muscle memory quickly takes over, allowing his mind to drift to childhood memories of his father working in his repair shop. The memories aren't pleasant. Far from fully healed but feeling more stable, Jet redresses her bandages under her bridge. She has spent part of her time searching for and harvesting orichalcum around the city, but mostly has been resting and meditating within her magical lodge under the bridge, exploring the astral plane, and trying to come to a more in-depth understanding of how her magic works. Something about her magical lodge seems to help her recover faster than she thought she would. She thinks of Jungo, who sold her the supplies for the lodge, which leads to thinking about magical items, which leads to thinking about Nguyen. She figures she'll be able to afford to lay low for a while and recover completely after receiving payment for the mission and selling the stolen contraband. Though still in chronic pain, she decides it's about time to finish the mission once and for all. I get on the comm link and get in touch with Hezen Drager. How are you, Jet? Much better, thank you very much. I was thinking, maybe it's time we get back in touch with that gang, finish the job. Oh, it's about time. I'm ready if you two are. Hez? All right. Cool. Since Rabrat is uh, out of the picture now, I guess we should just go to where we met them. You guys want to meet there in about an hour? Let's meet up somewhere close so that we're all together and then can go there together. Cool. Send me the coordinates. Now it's time to meet Jet and Hez. Put a close on this. I put on my jacket. I see him look inside the closet and see the clothes Kurt bought on our shopping trip. 
They're sharp. Doesn't fit me, I can't wear them, but... I like to imagine him still in it. I would have liked to bury him in it if I had a chance, but, uh, yeah, that suit looks nice, so I've kept it. I worm my way around all the other contraband that we took. There's not a lot of, uh, floor space left. I load my weapons, put them on my person. I walk down the 23 flights of stairs. And I gotta take this bike back now, too. And that was Kurt's. For a while. So, it's one of the last things he used. That's still here. I gotta say goodbye to this just like it did to him. Well, everything comes to an end, I guess. But, uh, who knows? Maybe this bike will be back in our possession soon enough. Well, I sit on that seat one last time, gun the engines, and then uh, head to where Jet and Hez are. As I walk down the library steps, I think about my destination. I think about the last two weeks. I think about all the loss. I see my motorcycle, their motorcycle. It was a pleasure to ride for this short time. And though it doesn't hurt as much as losing Kurt, it hurts knowing I'll lose that too. But perhaps it's better to put this chapter behind us, return this relic of that journey, and start anew, earn my way to a bike that I bought. I get onto the motorcycle, breathe the air, put on my helmet, start her up one last time, and head over to where Jet and Draeger are waiting for me. Jet pulls the stop request cord next to her. The bus interior is grimy, and the back of every seat is etched with meaningless graffiti. She leans on the window, absent-mindedly holding her gunshot wound, watching an endless procession of neon signs and holographic advertisements pass behind her. It feels good to move around again. It took a long time for my wound to heal. And the headache just wouldn't go away, but it's better now. I feel like I'm moving very fast, probably because I've moved slow for so long. I get to the destination and look for my friends. Jet sees Hez and Drager at the street corner, chatting in a rare sliver of sunlight not blocked by the towering buildings surrounding them. Ez is the first to see her and smiles. Draeger turns around and sees Jet, a grin creeping to his lips. He nods at her, and Jet can't help but smile in return. They haven't seen each other in person since returning from Kurt's burial. They reach out for handshakes, only to both be brought in by Hez for a massive hug. <laughs> Jet looks under Hez's arm to the street and sees two familiar-looking motorcycles parked nearby. She steps back, still looking at the bikes. You guys ready to return these? Well, I think we should discuss perhaps what we think might happen here. We're going to need to negotiate how much we expect from this. Uh, one of their men did die with us, and I'm not sure if their hideout was secured. As I start formulating a plan in my head, I realize we haven't been back to see if the place was actually secured. I get a sinking feeling, and I bring it up to my teammates. Maybe we should go check that out. Yeah, 
That's a good idea. Uh, hmm. Wouldn't want any loose ends, would we? Creeping up on us out of nowhere. We should go over there, make sure we finished what we did. And we should go over there together. Who's taking me? Do you want to ride with me, Jet? I hop on the back of Pez's bike. Do we have everything we need? Ammunition, stim packs, first aid? Dreger looks around and pats a bulge under the side of his jacket, nodding. Jet simply gives a thumbs up. All right. Dreger and Hez mount their motorcycles and head back to the chop shop. After parking a few blocks away, Hez stops at a street corner and motions for the others to stop behind her. She leans out and peers beyond the side of the building to the chop shop. The doors and windows have been boarded up. The outside security camera Kurt destroyed still hasn't been repaired. A tattered strip of dirty police tape tied to a nearby street sign gently flutters with each passing vehicle. The neighboring businesses, a stationery store, a computer repair shop, and a restaurant appear to be open and operating business as usual. I look around at the data stream surrounding the building. Even after using a subroutine to search for hidden icons, Hez's search comes up with nothing. The chop shop appears to be dead. It looks like there's nothing monitoring this building. I look around to see if there are any street people that might have seen what happened within that two-week period we were resting. Jet doesn't recognize anyone, nor does she see anyone who looks like they might have useful information. I'm gonna head into the stationery store to see if uh, they can give me any info on what happened in the last two weeks. Maybe we can find out if it's still hot. That's a good idea, Jet. I go into the stationery store and I try to find someone who works there. Jet enters the quaint stationery store. It smells of paper and ink, bringing back memories of her lessons in the library with Hez. An old woman looks up from the counter and beams at Jet, quickly setting her yarn aside and approaching her. Her eyes are filled with joy. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Can I help you? Uh, yeah, Would I'm- Would you like some parchment paper? We have some over here. Oh, it's been so long. We have these nice cards over here for a birthday party. We have tissue paper here that has many uses. Gold foil, wallpaper, envelopes, yeah. please. Cool. Uh, I'll buy some thank you cards. Oh, happy day. Here, right over here, sweetie. Here's our selection of thank you cards. We have so many to choose from. Birthday cards, graduation, our college acceptance. Uh, just those thank you cards right there. Okay, these two right here? Uh. Yeah, those two. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Remember to grab the envelopes, too. And I'll ring you up right over here when you're done. Jet picks up the cards and their corresponding envelopes and walks to the counter. The old lady graciously accepts the cards, scans the barcodes, and lifts her head to look down through the spectacles barely hanging on to the very end of her nose. She slowly starts to hunt and peck at a number pad. Uh, what's the total for this? That will be six new yen. No problem. As I slide my cred stick in, I ask about the chop shop. Do you know what happened next door? The enthusiasm quickly fades from her kindly face as she shakes her head. Well, it used to be a car mechanic shop. I never spoke with them. They seemed, they were sort of intimidating types. Luckily, they never hassled me. They mostly kept to themselves. There were usually one or two of them hanging around outside at all times. 
cars came and went, so I guess business was good for them. The old lady's shoulders slump. A couple of weeks ago, uh, luckily the store was closed at the time. You, you haven't seen the news reports? No, I've been out of town for a, a, a few weeks. Oh. Well, apparently it was the center of a, of a big gang war. Wow. Tears begin to well up in her deep-set eyes as she places the thank you cards in a small, biodegradable bag. One gang went after the other, and, and uh, well, by the time the police came, well, everyone there had been killed. There were bodies inside, outside. Oh, those poor young men. The police came and asked me some questions. They think it was meant to be a message of some kind, a message to start a turf war. I got pretty scared when they told me, but they assured me that since the shop has been closed permanently, there wouldn't be any further gang violence here. I don't believe anyone has been brought to justice, but the police have opened an investigation. Wow, well, I'm sorry that your neighborhood had to experience that. The old lady nods, then looks up, hopefully. Well, maybe some new neighbors will move in. Yeah, is it for sale now? Or how would one go about finding out about that? I think it's still under police investigation. There's a nice detective who brings me soy calf every once in a while. So I'm guessing they're still dusting for evidence and info reading. I, I don't know. I don't ask. I just keep to myself and my little store. Interesting. Of course, of course, yeah. Um, do you know any information about the investigation? Has that been released on the news? What gang specifically they're looking at? They haven't said anything. Just, just that it appears to be one gang versus another. There were bodies found on, on both sides. I see. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. And for these cards, they'll be put to good use. So you have a good day, okay? Oh, good. Thank you. That warms my heart. Have a nice day. Please be sure to tweet post in Slapperland about your experience here. If this is snow, I just don't think enough people know about the store. I will. I walk out the door with my thank you cards in hand. And I hand one to each of my teammates. Uh, thanks for keeping me alive, guys. As lights up. Oh, jet. It looks like the police are investigating other gangs. Uh, I don't know what they suspect or... The old woman told me that uh, the place is still technically being uh, used for the investigation. They're still dusting for prints, etc. And so I'm not sure we'll have access to it. And therefore, I don't think our friends will have access to it. But we should probably touch base with them to give the motorcycles back and just make sure we're not in hot water. All right. Sounds like a good idea. Um... It does seem that the chop shop has switched ownership, so I think that our part of the bargain was upheld. We'll go and see what we can do as far as damage control. Okay. Drager, you cool with that plan? Sounds good to me. Hez and Jet arrive first, followed by Drager. They park the two motorcycles on the curb near the driveway of the large Victorian house. 
Two rough-looking young men are sitting outside on a stoop, sharing videos and looking at each other's comlinks. They watch as Hez and Jet dismount and begin walking towards them. I look at the two guys and smile. They return the smile and look her up and down, obviously taking it the wrong way. I step between Tatangeline and the two gangers. We, uh, we had some business with Rabrat about two weeks ago. Can we speak to your leader? Their enthusiasm drains from their faces. They glance at each other suspiciously, then look back to Hez. What sort of business? We're returning these motorcycles. They were on loan. They lean to look beyond Hez's massive frame to the street, recognizing the bikes as their own. They knowingly nod to each other. Yeah, come on. Well, what do I do? Stay out here, dumbass. Well, frag you, man. The gang member shakes his head and turns around to enter the house, which is still just as filthy as the last time they were here. Passing through the living room, they see five similarly dressed gang members in different states of inebriation, from hyper-focused to barely cognizant to grasping at things that aren't there. Two of them are hypnotized by a cheap tritio in front of a stained sofa, with a slowly rotating three-dimensional display of Ultimax fighting, an urban brawl match, and pornography. The ganger leading them makes a right turn after passing through a hallway apparently used for practicing graffiti and starts climbing up a narrow flight of stairs. The stairs rise up to another hallway, with one door on each side. He turns to the door on the left and inhales cautiously before knocking. We got some people here to return some bikes from a few weeks ago. From the Rab Rat thing. The ganger opens the door and stands back, eyeing them distrustfully. I enter the room. They enter into what should be a master bedroom, only there are no beds. It appears to be mostly for storage, half full of boxes and crates. Those that are open reveal cases of weapons, boxes of ammunition, and several different types of drugs, from sacks of deep weed to metameth to highly addictive nitro. Dreger recognizes a stash of trip chips and dream chips in the corner, identical to the ones in the crate in his apartment. He makes a mental note to remember this place when it comes time to try and fence the stolen merchandise. I'm the last one in the room and I shut the door. A man wearing the familiar silver pistons colors and dark protective goggles is working on something at a desk. Small sparks flash brightly from whatever it is he's tinkering with. There is a sharp, acrid smoke hanging in the air. He doesn't look up, continuing his work. What was your association with Rabrat? He, uh, hired us to clean out that chop shop for you. Uh. The man puts his tool down and raises the goggles to his forehead, turning his head to look at the group. His face is pockmarked, and part of his hairline looks like it was burned at one point, still bald and rubicund. So the chop shop was your handiwork? The three of you? More or less. There were four. He gently nods and purses his lips, thinking. He turns, lowers the goggles back over his eyes, and continues his work. You guys had some sort of deal? We did. We did. Our deal with Rabrat was that we cleaned out the chop shop. He was going to give us a discount on any future repairs, and he was going to soup up this guy's car, make it nice. And uh, obviously the chop shop is not able to be used right now, but we're hoping that it can be taken over in the future. The sparks stop. He sits up but doesn't look at them. I see. He reaches into his pocket. Draeger, Hez, and Jet tense up. He produces a comlink. I need to make a call. Just chill in the hallway and close the door. I'll get you when I'm done. Sure. 
Do we trust this guy? No. Not for a second. About as far as you can throw him, Jet. All right, I'm just gonna stay on alert. Jet wonders if they've trapped themselves inside of a hornet's nest. A battle on their turf would certainly spell disaster, as Jet and Draeger's wounds have yet to fully heal. Draeger looks at a small window at the end of the hall and wonders if he could leap through it, or hold off a house full of gangers long enough to allow Jet and Hez to escape. He absentmindedly brushes his fingers across the combat knife hidden in his belt just as the door opens. The man leans on the doorframe, folding his arms. Someone wants to talk to you. In person. Okay. Who is this someone? Gang leader. Goes by razor wire. She'll be here in half an hour. Sounds like she's been wanting to talk to you for a few weeks now. Well, we're here now. I suppose we can wait. How do you guys feel about that? Yeah, might as well. What else we got to do? I shrug. Why don't you grab the motorcycles and bring them around back to where you picked them up? I'll have the guys open the garage. Just hang out until Razor Wire gets here. All right. Half an hour passes after the motorcycles are all returned. Hez, Draeger, and Jet have decided to wait outside at the curb, giving them the best chance at a hasty retreat if things get hairy. Hez is reminiscing about her short time with the bike when a black SUV pulls up in front of them. She snaps back to reality as the door on the other side of the car opens, with four intimidating gang members stepping out to each corner of the vehicle, surveying the general area around them. After a moment, the rear door opens. A well-worn, tall motorcycle boot with a partially rusted ring harness emerges and steps to the curb. Skin-hugging leather pants follow, flowing upwards to a classic buttoned-up leather motorcycle jacket worn by a tall, lithe human woman with a short, fluorescent green mohawk on the right side of her head. A deep, nasty-looking scar streaks from the top of her left eye socket to the back of her occipital lobe, mirroring the tilted mohawk on the other side of her scalp. After fully exiting the vehicle, she stiffly but efficiently stands straight, suggesting hidden cyberware. Traeger thinks he catches a glimpse of something metallic within the scar when she motions to the vehicle. Come with me. She looks at the two closest bodyguards. You two, stay. They nod, not breaking their focus. Razorwire looks to her left and right suspiciously before getting back in the SUV. Traeger, Hez, and Jet pause, not eager to get into an even smaller space with violent criminals. I turn and look at my teammates. Time to be bold. And I get in the car. All right. I follow Jet. I join them. Sonic Realms needs your support to survive. And the easiest way you can help us is by leaving a review on iTunes. It's free, only takes a couple of minutes, you only have to do it once, and it helps us forever. Game Mastering and Narration by Paul Greenleaf. Draeger is played by Marcus Freeman. Jatangeline is played by Mackenzie Paulus. <laughs> is played by Torvald Tempestus. Additional voices by Torvald Tempestus. Ellis Reed, Eric Prochna, Sarah Mullins. Editing, arrangement, original music, and production by Paul Greenleaf. For more story, character details, production notes, and how to support Sonic Realms, please visit sonicrealmspodcast.com. 
To learn more about the world of Shadowrun, visit Shadowrun.com and ShadowrunTabletop.com. The Tops Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to Sonic Realms to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Sonic Realms in any official capacity whatsoever. All other works mentioned in the podcast are the property of their respective owners. Original content of the Sonic Realms podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution 3.0 unported and share-like license. If you use any part of the show, please credit Sonic Realms. And hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking around to the end. That means you're a true fan, and this message is meant for you. We're developing something special behind the scenes. The idea was to have it finished in time for Gen Con 2020, but due to the unpredictable nature of these games, production is looking like it'll be longer than anticipated. It's not really a bad thing, because the story that's developing has become more epic in nature and scope. We'd still like to release it in time to be the summer blockbuster that it's shaping up to be. And when I say blockbuster, I mean it. This is looking like it's going to be the world's first feature-length hyperchronicle. Pretty much an entire movie without the visuals. So, here's the bad news. After trying to develop Shadowrun and the other projects simultaneously, it became apparent that the timetable wasn't going to add up. That's the reason why this episode took so long. Half the focus was going into the other project. In order to finish the new project in time, it has to be exclusively focused on. Anything that could save time was attempted, but nothing had a big enough impact. There's just no way around the time it takes to produce a quality production. As a result, Shadowrun has to be paused for the next few months as the new adventure is developed. I know. Bummer. Now, here's the good news. After four years and thousands of hours of production and experience, Sonic Realms is finally going to be hyper-chronicling the biggest, most recognizable tabletop RPG in the world. You can probably guess what it is. We're going all out with it. For starters, a 15-year veteran of the system is dungeon mastering. The characters are played by a mix of seasoned Sonic Realms pros and experienced tabletop players. The story begins with high-level characters who are capable of fantastic feats of agility, strength, cunning, and magic, setting forth on an adventure that will take them beyond the edge of the known world and into situations that will not only test their abilities, but their morals as well. We're going to be putting some real money into this production, thanks to the support of patrons and donations. I'm talking special sound effects, professional voice actors for NPCs, high-quality virtual instruments, promotional materials, and most critically, part-time audio editors. In fact, the music that's currently playing is utilizing some of the fine virtual instruments you'll be hearing. You even heard a bit of the cello in this episode. We're hoping this will be a production that does the game justice, because previous attempts at movies taking place in this game universe have been panned by critics and audiences alike. We're hoping to raise the bar and give this game the immersive, high-quality adventure that fans and players deserve. So from the outside, Sonic Realms will appear to be in deep hibernation for the next few months. 
just know that there will be a flurry of activity happening behind the scenes, which, if all goes to plan, should culminate in the most impressive, immersive adventure yet. So stick around and keep subscribed. You won't want to miss this. Sonic Realms will return, and your patience will be rewarded. And hey, thanks for listening. Thank you.